when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. When we pray that line from the Lord's Prayer, what are we asking for? What are we asking for? Are we just asking for our basic needs to be met? Just give me what I need to get through this day, Lord. Sometimes that's our prayer. And certainly it's good for us to petition our Heavenly Father for our needs. And it's certainly good for us to learn to discern through prayer the difference between what we need, what we truly need, and just what we want. But if we limit ourselves to just asking God for those basic essentials that that we need to, to meet our needs, are we asking God for too little? Are we asking God for too little? Because I think we can sometimes put unnecessary limits on our prayer, maybe maybe from a sense of humility. Maybe there's this big thing that we desire, this great longing that's within our hearts, and we don't dare ask God for it because it just seems like too much. It seems like too much. We don't want to presume on our Lord's generosity, and so we keep it to ourselves. We don't dare ask God to satisfy this deepest longing of our heart because we're afraid the answer might be no. And so instead, we just ask him for what we need. And over time, maybe we forget that we once had that deep longing to begin with. I bring this up because I know it's possible for us to get so focused on what we need or what we think that we need that we can miss that larger picture of what God wants to give us. I think of the people that we read about, the people of Israel wandering in the desert, asking God to give them food. They were hungry. They needed food. That's a basic need that they had. It was a real need. But think about everything that they had witnessed up to that point. Right? They had seen God's angels inflict ten plagues on the people of Egypt in order to liberate them. They had seen God part the waters of the sea so that they might pass through to safety and then bring those waters crashing back down again on Pharaoh's chariots and charioteers. They had seen the presence of God going before them in a pillar of fire to lead them through the desert. And despite all of this that they had witnessed, they're grumbling. We're thirsty. We're hungry. Why did you bring us out here only to die? We were better off in Egypt. Why were they doubting that God would take care of them? Why were they doubting? But we can't be too hard on them because it can be very difficult for us to see past our immediate needs when those needs are great. Sometimes it's all we can see before us. But how does God respond to their grumbling? Well, when they're thirsty, he brings forth water from a rock. When they're hungry, he rains down manna from heaven. He gives them the bread of angels to satisfy their hunger. And when they grow tired of bread and they say, we want meat, he brings them quail in abundance so that they can have meat. He gives them everything that they need. And he gives them more than that. But no matter how often we fill our bellies, we always get hungry again. 
That's how it is with our material needs. No matter how many good meals we have, we always get hungry again. That's the problem with Italian food. It leaves you hungry three days later. It doesn't matter how much we drink, we're always going to be thirsty. And so in our gospel today, what do we find? We find the people of Israel once more asking for bread. Satisfy our hunger. Satisfy our thirst. They come out looking for Jesus. Why? Not because of any signs that they saw, but because they had eaten of their loaves, of the loaves, and they had been filled. This is the day after our Lord performed the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes that we heard last Sunday. This is the very next day. So he had filled their bellies, but now it's the next day and they're hungry again. And so they come back and they no doubt bring friends with them. Come and see this man who gives us bread and fish to eat. Come enjoy this free meal. So they ask him, what can you do? What can you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the desert. Can you do anything like that? Can you fill our bellies again today? Can you give us this day our daily bread? They're asking for what they need. But Jesus wants to give them something more. He tells them, my father gives true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And now they start to get a little excited. They say, sir, give us this bread always. And then listen to how Jesus answers. He says, I am the bread. I am the bread of life, he says. The bread of life. Let's think about those words. The bread of life. What is that? The manna was called the bread of angels. But this is the bread of life. Bread is necessary for life. Right? It nourishes our lives for a little while, but Jesus has something else in mind because he says, whoever comes to me will never hunger. So he's talking about something more. What is he talking about? It calls to mind, to my mind anyway, the Garden of Eden. You know, there were two trees in the Garden of Eden. Right? There was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That one's famous because when Adam and Eve ate the fruit of that tree, they lost paradise. But there was another tree that God planted in the center of the garden, the tree of life. And that one's a little bit of a mystery. We don't hear too much about the tree of life, right? And we wonder, why would our first parents need this tree of life? What did God put that tree there for? He gave them life directly at their creation, and death hadn't entered into the world yet because this was before the fall. So what's what's the deal with this tree of life there? What would the fruit of that tree be? Well, the ancient fathers of the church always referred to the cross as the tree of life. They call the cross the tree of life. And what's the fruit hanging from that tree? It's Jesus. And unlike the fruit of the tree of knowledge, which God said, if you eat of it, you will die, Jesus gives himself freely. And he invites us Eat me if you want to live. So the people say, give us this bread. And Jesus points to himself and he says, I am the bread. I am the bread of life. I am the fruit of that tree. I am. That's the divine name. 
That's the name that God speaks from the burning bush to Moses, Yahweh, I am. I am the source of existence. I am the uncaused cause of all that is. Not I was, I am. I am. And Jesus claims this divine name as his own. What is the way? I am, he says. What is the truth? I am. What is the life? I am. I am the bread of life. I am the bread that came down from heaven and whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. What on earth is he talking about? Nothing on earth. But the people must have wondered, what is he talking about? How can this man give us his flesh to eat? We just asked for bread. We just came here looking for a meal. We didn't ask for all of this. This is, this is too much. This is too much for us. And so they leave, as we'll hear about in subsequent gospel passages. As we go through the bread of life discourse, they leave. They leave hungry. They leave hungry because they asked for too little. Because it turns out they weren't hungry enough. The hungriest person there that day was not anyone in the crowd. The hungriest person there was Jesus. He was hungry. He hungered with a divine hunger. He hungered for them, just as he hungers for us. He hungers to feed us, not loaves and fish, but to feed us with himself, to give us his own flesh and blood to eat. That's why one of the symbols of Jesus that you see sometimes in churches, we don't have one here, but if you go into churches sometimes, you see a pelican, a mother pelican, and she's piercing her own breast and feeding her babies from her own blood. It's a symbol of Jesus who feeds us with his own flesh and blood. He wants to feed us not for a day, but for all eternity. They say if you give a man a fish, he'll have food for a day. We can call that mercy, to give someone a fish, if you satisfy their immediate need. But if you teach a man how to fish, well, then he'll have food for life. You can call that justice. But Jesus says, I will give you myself, and if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will never hunger again. We don't know what to call that. We don't know what to call that. But that's divine love. That's how much God loves us. And it doesn't even enter into our minds to ask for that because we can't comprehend it. Who would have conceived that God would feed us and nourish us on himself with his own life? So we can't ask for this thing. It's too great for us. Instead, we just ask for bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And here's the beautiful part. Jesus says, okay. He says, okay. All you can ask me for is bread. I will give you bread. But I will be the bread. I will become bread for you so that you might receive me. And I will not give you any less of myself. When you eat this bread, you will be getting all of me, body, blood, soul, and divinity. You will receive all of me. 
because that's the only way that I know how to give. I give everything. I give everything. That's what you're receiving when you receive the Eucharist. You're receiving Jesus. And because you're receiving Jesus, you're receiving everything. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus teaches us to pray that. But the Greek word that's used in the gospel that we translate as daily is epiosios. And it's a really strange word. It's a unique word. You only find it in this prayer. And that makes it tricky to translate. So some, some translations interpret this as what we need for our existence. What we need for our existence. So in that case, what we're praying is, give us, Lord, the bread that we need to sustain us. Give us what we need to sustain us. But another interpretation of that word is bread for the future. Bread for the future. And in that case, what we're praying for is for God to give us today, give us today the bread of the world to come. Give us today the bread of the world to come. When St. Jerome translated the Greek New Testament into Latin, he translated this word as supersubstantialis, which means supersubstantial, or of a higher substance, of a higher nature. So that would mean what we're praying is, give us this day our supernatural bread. Give us our supernatural bread. It's a reference to the Eucharist. It's a reference to the Eucharist. That's why the church calls the Eucharist the source and the summit of the Christian life, because it is the bread of life. This is why the church does things like ask us to fast for one hour before we receive communion. It's to remind ourselves that this is not an ordinary meal. This is no ordinary food that we receive. It's why we keep the Eucharist reserved in the tabernacle so that we can bring it to those sick members of our community who aren't able to be here and they can have life. And so when you come into the church, we have the presence there, the presence of our Lord in the tabernacle to serve as our focal point for our prayer. You can come in any time during the week and know that our Lord is there, substantially there, in our supernatural bread. It's why we adore the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Every Friday morning after Mass, for one hour, we have a holy hour where we adore the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. If you're available on Friday mornings, I encourage you, come, come for Mass, and then stay for that hour to pray. And on the first Fridays of the month, which this Friday coming up is the first Friday of the month, we have adoration all day from after the Mass in the morning until 9 p.m. at night for benediction. If you've never been to benediction, we take the Lord and the Blessed Sacrament in the monstrance. Right? Monstrance doesn't mean monster. That's not what it means. It's come from the Latin word to demonstrate, to show. We want to show how much our Lord loves us in the sacrament. And we give a blessing, a blessing with the Eucharist over the people. It's beautiful. But that's why we, you know... People say, oh, Catholics, you make so much of the Eucharist. Yes! (laughs) Yes! It's the source and summit of the Christian life. It's where it all begins. Everything flows from the Eucharist as our source. Everything flows back to the Eucharist as the summit. That's how your lives should be, the patterns of your lives. You come here to drink from that source, and then you flow out into the world, bringing that love of Christ, and then you come back, come back to the church to give thanks. And it tells us what we should be doing when we're here in church. When you come to church, yes, bring your needs. Bring your daily needs. Lay them at the foot of the altar here. Bring our needs to God. But don't 
forget that the thing that you need the most is Christ. And you will always receive Christ here. Sometimes it might feel like God's not answering our prayers when we bring him these things that we need. I prayed for this thing for so long and so hard and it didn't happen. But we can have faith that what God wants to give us is something even beyond our material needs. Something beyond this life. He wants to nourish us with his life for the life to come. That's what we come here for. He is what we come here for. You know, there are a lot of reasons why people leave the church, but they all amount to one reason. And it's the same reason why the people at the end of the Bread of Life discourse left Jesus. Even after he filled their bellies, they left. It's not because God isn't big enough to satisfy our hunger. It's because our hunger isn't big enough for God. We've settled for something less. Likewise, there are a lot of different reasons why people stay in the church or come back to the church after being gone. But it all amounts to the same reason. And it's the reason why Mary and John stayed there at the foot of the cross, even though it caused them great pain. It's because that's where Jesus was. Where else would they be? That's where Jesus was. This is where Jesus is. He is in our church. He's on that altar. He's in the Eucharist. In a few moments, we're going to hear the words, this is my body. This is my blood. We will be then on Calvary, kneeling at the foot of the cross, kneeling beneath the tree of life. Jesus will say to us, take and eat. And we'll say, Lord, I am not worthy. But let's also say like St. Peter, to whom would we go? You have the words of eternal life. You are the word of eternal life. Give us this bread to eat always. <laughs>